And it runs without his direction? Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Second Thessalonians 2, 1 and 2. Continuing in verse 3, 2 Thessalonians 2. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Um, I'm reading from the Amplified next, verse 3. Let no one in any way deceive or entrap you, for that day will not come, unless the apostasy comes first, that is, the great rebellion, the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. The man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, the one who is destined to be destroyed, who opposes and exalts himself so proudly, insolently above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming that he himself is God. Why don't we deify our president? Huh? Why do we deify our president? Well, I would say that this is exactly what Paul is trying to tell you about. Is that these things that we do exalt and put above God every so-called object of worship so that he actually enters and takes the seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming himself as a God. I believe that it's pretty clear that this is what Paul is telling us. So in other words, there's going to be there's going to be a falling away. Well, how does this falling away occur? Just by one of the things you said it is you started this fellowship, which is well, um, let's see, what did you say? You said, um, um, why do we, um, let's see, uh, what, you, you put a question and I said sin, um, gosh, what did you say? I don't remember but, that. Uh, huh? I don't remember, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, well, uh, so so in other words, um, we basically see this falling away, just like we we witnessed in America, um, how 
we have become tolerant of, quote, other religions, even though Christ never said that he had a religion. His was the way, the way, the truth, and the life. And so this falling away continues to be at our feet because we fall away from following after God. And that's the thing you were saying as we started was that what was the biblical record? What's the history? God's people are up and then they're down. Uh-huh. Oh, and, yeah. it's, and it's always because of what you said. I said sin, and I guess I don't remember what you came back with or whatever. Well, but, I said it, the first thing that goes to our mind is we shift from him to us. Yes. We yep. shift to where we take our eyes off God and we start thinking we're the reason everything's going good. And so we very gradual, incrementalistically, slowly start turning on God off. And then we look up at the end of the year and we say, oh my God. We have totally neglected you for a whole year. Or we don't even think about it. We just keep drifting away. And I've found that then there's usually usually tragedy brings you back to it. And then you worship and you get close to him and then you slowly drift off. To La La Land. Maybe that's why we have wars. Uh, maybe, you know... He told he told Moses and the people to write down the things that he did, so that they could remember how great a God he was. And God knew from the beginning our memory was not all that keen. And don't tell me he doesn't change, Doug, because he does. Moses changed his mind from slaughtering. Many, many people starting all over again. Change God's mind, yeah. Yeah. So there goes that business about people that say, oh, God never changes his mind. Yeah. You give him a good suggestion. You know? You read the dialogue, there were some pretty compelling arguments that they were making to God to spare the remnants on a worldwide stage. And the argument was they appealed to God's purpose and plan. Mm-hmm. And his glory. His glory. Not theirs, not, not their plan, not their glory. Absolutely. Among all nations. And uh, I find that terribly interesting to me. And to me, that shows you God can get right down in your life wherever you need him to get and, and be there. 
I don't understand it all, but I know he operates in a way that only God could operate. And people call it luck, fortune, a lot of things they call it. But I've seen it, Doug, in our family. I've seen things happen miraculously, right on time. When it seems like the whole thing's coming down, baby. Ding, 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 ding. Somebody'd walk in and place an order for just the amount of stuff for us to clear the month. And I just marvel. Yeah, so, I know what you So what I'm trying to say is if you if you get comfortable the tendency is to forget about God. If you get uncomfortable, the tendency is to lean on him for help. If you're a believer. Well, and you think back to Paul's day at this particular time. Uh, Paul is essentially reminding them of things that he's discussed with them before. And just as you said, you know, Israel's up, Israel's down. We can observe that just as soon as Christianity was planted and rooted in, 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 in that part of the, uh, the earth, the globe, the world, then there was a defection. There was a defection in the, in the following of the ways of God. Same thing that happened back in the beginning when... Um, you see the Tower of Babel. Just prior to that, it says that they were, uh, at that time, they began to call upon the name of God. So no sooner did they begin to call upon the name of God, the way God wants us to, and here came along somebody in there deciding that, hey, you know, we, we don't really need that guy after all. We're pretty good. I mean, you know, we've got brains and, you know, we can figure this stuff out. We don't we don't really need him. He's really not doing anything, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, whatever things that they were saying throughout our biblical record, I mean, it's pretty clear. So, um Every time you make a little bit of an advance in following the uh, the ways of uh, uh, and will of Yahweh, the Creator, what happens? What happens? You know. Uh huh. Listen to this. Etymologically, etymologically. Etymologically, the Catholic Church is the universal church comprising all Christians. For Catholic comes ultimately from a Greek word, Catholicos, meaning relating to all, general. Greek word, Catholicos, uh, it was a derivative of Catholicos, a compound form from Kata relating to and hollows, meaning whole, the source of the English word holism and holistic. It passed into English via French Catholic or Ecclesiastical Latin Catholicus, 
This original meaning is preserved today in such context as Catholic taste, that is, wide-ranging taste. Wow. So the reason you were talking last time we talked in Revelation about about um, the pontiff. That's right. And um, my thought was um, I've long held that most of these uh, schisms in the churches, these things they call uh, dividends, dividers, what do they call them? Uh, denominations. Yeah. Were Catholic churches with a different name. Uh, they took out of Catholicism what they didn't like. And then everybody that didn't like that part of it joined that club. And um, and the Catholic Church, they're still riding the, the cycle wave of up and down and up and down. And they're just, they're so far away from holy now, it's not even funny. Um but what I was getting to is back to what you were talking about. Was, that all makes sense to me, Doug. But what you were reading and what you were talking about. Nobody's ever made that leap before. Have you ever heard anybody talk about that? No, not really very much at all that I can really distinguish, but you know, what pops into my mind, hey, good evening, Jules. Um, are you mic'd up, Jules, or not? Um, must not be mic'd up. So chat room's open. Um, and, um, you know, Russell, just one of these videos that was sent to me, it's a woman, like I said, talking about Islam and that it's not a religion. And of course, she sounds very educated and so forth, right? But mm-hmm. then she then she throws in you know Judaism and the Judeo Christian and right there you know here's this lady who is coming to an understanding about Islam and recognizing it as not a religion which you know she doesn't really understand what she's saying regarding a religion anyway because essentially um, as you just cited they're saying that Catholicism Catholicism basically comprises uh, the church and (laughs) therefore the first church. And, of course, they do claim that they are the church of Peter. Uh And, um, well, so the Jews also claim themselves to be um, God's chosen people. So Mm -hmm. they claim to be of the seed of Abraham. Uh Uh, Catholicism claims to be uh, the first church of Peter. So it's quite possible, is it not, that we have these apostasies or these pretenders, and certainly the fact of the matter is, yes, we do, and yes, they are. But as long as she views them as religions and doesn't really even fully understand 
what she's saying about religions at all, um, mm-hmm. then she again is out here parroting. And of course, uh, I know I'm skipping here a little bit, but she, you know, her whole stick seems to be that she's going to come out and reveal the um, explicit sexual aspects of Islam. Well, this woman needs to be contacted and tell her to look into the Talmud for the explicit sexual aspects of Talmudism mm-hmm. or Judaism. Because mm-hmm. both of them are teaching that, you know, acts of unspeakable natures are are lawful mm-hmm. um, with children and so forth. Um, so she's got a long ways to go, but what bothers me is that one of my brethren sends me the thing and I begin to waste my time in listening to it and I would have been far better for that brethren just to put it in his hat that this lady needs a little help and send her on something to get her way outside the box since she's getting outside the box let's get her way outside the box and get her on on the real truth, and let's see if she comes against Judaism the way she comes against uh, Islam. Uh-huh. And you know what? I'll bet you dollars to donuts it would completely shut her down because yeah. she has been taught and believed that Judeo-Christian ethics are the salt of the sea. Yeah, all I can think about that scripture where Jesus said, you don't know me because you don't know my Father. That's right. And and that's really hard, isn't it, Russell? Um, let's see. Let's use an analogy, you see, because um, we can put all sorts of stuff into that, all sorts of connotations into that, and dream up seed lines and everything else, and... Um, but the fact of the matter is, when you when you actually uh, hear that, um, Russell, I just forgot what you just said. Would you say it well, again? Okay. What what I was talking about was the the Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus was addressing them, and they were talking as if they really knew all about God. And he made the statement that you don't know who I am because you don't know the one that sent me. Okay, now that's what I want to stop and make this analogy. There are seven brothers of a household. Five of these brothers know their father and know what their father would do or would want done. And then you have two brothers who act as if they don't know their father nor his will. Is my analogy okay? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so when 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 Christ says that, he's saying you don't know my father because you don't do what my father says to do. 
And besides that, my father can raise up stones to be his children. So that doesn't wash. That doesn't square. You know whether they are of the father because they what? They do the will of the father. They bear the father's name. And that's how they know your kids. They act like you. <laughs> that's right. Have you ever heard somebody say, does your dad know what you're doing? <laughs> that's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> that's a good one. What would your dad think if he knew what you were doing now? Mm-hmm. And how about this? It's, it's, it's your dad. It's perfectly, perfectly sensible, isn't it? Yeah. All I can do is say, well, he did help create me. But... Uh, other well, than that, that's what was on my mind, Doug. Well, in A.D. 26, there was a temple built to Emperor Tiberius Roman, or Tiberius, rather. The Roman Empire was filled with gods. So this Christian god, or this god of creation, this god of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, uh-huh. certainly wasn't any any concern. To, to the Roman Empire that was fully filled with gods, um, religious dissent or discord in the empire was no significant concern. But disrespect or dis- dissent of Roman political authority, that was an entirely different matter. We know that from history, don't we, Russell? Uh, you know, you and I have talked about, uh, you know, the Romans. They were they were law and authority. As yeah. long as so, as long as someone expressed acknowledgement and obedience to Roman authority, and the Roman leader was equivalent uh, to the many gods, or indeed as God Himself, um, this is something that sons of Christ sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they they couldn't acquiesce in. They could not accept. Uh-huh. What the revelation of, uh, to John conveys here at Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 1 is that um, it's conveying to these individuals reading it that there was going to be a great persecution expected and endured in that area and in that region. you got to remember that Rome was predominantly the, the region, right? I mean, it had taken over and consumed all of the other empires in the region. Mm-hmm. And so um, Smyrna means myrrh, um, 
it was uh, basically a bitter aromatic gum used for ointments and other types of fragrant applications and stuff. And when you go to Exodus 30, verses 22 and 3, the myrrh was used in a sacred oil, I mean, and um, the scripture in Revelation tells us that that tribulation was for 10 days. And, of course, we know a, a prophetic day was a year or a day is... Uh, uh, you know, a, a period of time in in biblical prophecy could also be a days as a thousand years. So, in Smyrna, for example, was it was it ten yearly periods, or was it ten years having a double meaning, ten years of persecution, or ten millennial periods themselves. So if it was 10 millennial periods, you would be looking at 10,000 years before the coming of Christ would return and we're at year 2017. So there's things that are symbolic in that book of Revelation that that some of which, as I said, one of the biggest things about Revelation that I think most people fail to recognize is, and I'll just see if I can point them out quick. Um, uh, I think it's at least a half a dozen times that I recall, maybe more, uh, Revelation 1.1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Um, uh, blessed is he that reads, let's see, blessed is he, uh, verse 3, blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Um uh, Jesus is a faithful witness. Um, I'm still looking. Uh, still looking. Well, my point is is that um, Christ makes a significant point because um, this is the revelation of Christ to John makes a significant point of pointing out at least a half a dozen times as I recall that what he was conveying to John was shortly to come to pass. And another thing I want to bring to our attention about Revelation is Daniel was told to seal it up. But John was not told to seal it up. In fact, he was told not to seal it up. 
So isn't that something that we need to pay attention to if we're going to actually understand Revelation and, and you know, determine whether it's symbolism or determine whether it's already occurred or hasn't occurred. We have to take note of the fact that Christ is telling us at least a half a dozen times. I'm certain that that's something that I put in my head. So between Revelation 1 and Revelation 2, I'm pretty sure... Uh, Maybe it's not. Maybe it's throughout the whole the whole book. But there are at least a half a dozen different times that what Christ is conveying is things that are shortly to come to pass. And again, he did not want John to seal it up. He wanted it to be known. When Daniel was given information by God, he was told for some of it to seal it up. It was not time and it was to be revealed in time. (coughs) So as I look at those particular things there, I'm looking at the historical record along with what the prophecies are. And so in 64 A.D., um, well, what I was going to say first is that if it was 10 periods, we can actually look at what the 10 periods are beginning with Nero. Uh, And then in 64 A.D., the second was Domitian. And in the year 95, the third was Trajan. Uh, the fourth was Hadrian, uh, 1275 or thereabouts was Marcus Aurelius, A.D. 165, the sixth uh, Septinius, and uh, Deverius uh, in about 202 was the seventh, and then Maximus in 235 would have been the eighth, uh, about uh, 249, you have uh, Valerianus, uh, AD 257, Diocletian, and 303. Um, these are those 10 years in which the Roman edicts went out into effect to restrict the light or to extinguish the light of. Christ's death, burial, resurrection, his words, his gospel message that you can come, you can come to the Father. You don't need to go through the 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 clergy or the you know the all of these other things that even um, God instituted in many respects in Israel so as to use their heathen practices in which to bring them to Christ and bring them to the understanding of of what God was ultimately going to do in revealing and showing that he is the creator and he is the divine uh, and, and, and true and only um, 
God, if you will. And so when you eat, when, you know, when we're not taught these things and we lack the the books and the literature to help us to go back into history and recognize that these were 10 periods under uh, a series of, of Roman dictators, if you will, or Roman leaders, um, it helps you to understand and to see that that which was happening. Um, when you go from 303 to 313, um, it was the decree of Constantine in 1013 that was the most brutal of all the, that persecution and persecution periods. So here you had 10 persecuting periods under these Roman dictators against the word of Christ. And that's, you know, stuff that you have to dig out on your own. You can't, it, it's it's not in, you know, it's not been codified, if you will, by our own, by our own people to help us as a posterity see the, the, um, the relation of the passage of time and these activities with the biblical record. And we know that from everything that we've been studying over the years is that once we look at the secular or historical record in conjunction with the Bible, which is what archaeology does, in fact, and why a guy like Ray Capp was so instrumental and many others that preceded him, in showing the secular record was right in harmony with the biblical record. So so now we've got before this Supreme Court, I find it interesting, we've got before this Supreme Court in the United States something that's very similar to what you found back in the Roman days, and that is that there is a case that's, preparing, in fact, there was some oral arguments probably on it today. Um, It was a case where um, I think one of the schools might have sued, uh, perhaps it was a religious school, because the federal government was giving monies and monies were being used to provide uh, safety-type things for children, like on playgrounds, uh, rubber granulated rubber in in play areas, uh, uh, mulch beds or whatever and stuff like that. And and they sued on the basis that that the federal government is acting discriminatory in that their their practice of disseminating this money only to public schools really means that they don't care about children at all, only that the money goes to to the to the public schools because children in private or religious schools also should have equal access to these safety features if the government is going to 
going to provide them. So my point is, is that all, all religions are supposed to be uh, essentially this, I think the Supreme Court is going to find in this way, is that that they're all on equal footing under the law, whether religious or secular, and that's the effect of the freedom of religion. It's a it's going to be a decree where we don't tear down the religious symbols and pagan deifications and the practices, but we wholly tolerate them. And I think it's going to be a a rude awakening for a, a number of people to have that ruling actually come down. And I think that ruling is, is about to come down. When you look at what the United Nations has done over the years in trying to set all of these things uh, into a, you know, a one-world program and so forth, it makes perfect sense. This is the same thing that the uh, Roman Empire did um, back in the days that the Roman Empire was king of the hill. You mean uh, we just keep repeating history? That's exactly what we keep doing. <laughs> we are slow learners, aren't we? Well, we are slow learners for a multiplicity of reasons, I believe, uh, most of which is is this very thing that I'm talking about, history being taken away from us. Uh-huh. Take another walk around Zion. Uh, Jeremiah, you were having that trouble with that microphone. I see you trying to help Jules with that, but there was... Yeah, I, I was just looking for the download for it. Yeah, um, it was hard for me to set up because it was kind of confusing. You have to go download it, and then you have to set up a pin and everything. Yeah, yeah, Jules, he's uh, he's right on that, I think. Um, he has some problems, too, and uh, his microphone wasn't working, even though he's working it, uh, using it on other sites. And then... Um, Finally, he did a series of different things. So, Jeremiah, I'll look around for that, and he'll uh, he'll send you over that uh, info as soon as he can, and uh, that might help you to get mic'd up there. So, uh, in the meantime, I've got you on the chat. So, if I get to yakking away and you've said something, it's because I'm I'm looking at something or looking something up, and I haven't looked back at the screen, and it's it's disappeared off of my screen, but. You know, Russell, just like you said, um, um, so what, what, we, what we find, just like you said back at the beginning, is Israel being up, Israel being down, and you put forth the rhetorical question, which is, you know, why did that happen? And why did, and why did that happen? Every single time what we see is God's people melding themselves into the pagan practices and systems of those around them. I remember doing a uh, uh, an audio message or a message at one of the gatherings, and I used the word syncretism. I remember. And you remember that? Yeah. 
And that's exactly what syncretism is, is melding the different religious belief systems together and, um, you know, even though they're they're totally contradictory. And so like this lady, she's, she's sitting here saying Islam is not a true religion. Well, yes, it is. It's a religion, just like constitutionalism is a religion. Just like the worship of money is a religion. You know, anything, anything you wanna you wanna put on it. Yeah. So, so what we see is the constant changing and modifying. And this lady seems to be wanting to stand up and say, "No, I am not going to modify. I am not going to bow down to Islam, and I'm not going to bow down to Islam's, you know, religious." Uh, things, I'm going to stand up to it. And for that, many would say, good for her, including myself. Um, But she knows not what she's talking about because she still is operating as a babe and it's not a condemnation of her. It's, It's what we find so often is that people will pick up on something and they want to run with that and it winds up that they look worse than anything because if I were to sit there and do a YouTube video now telling and showing people who are all over her video thing now and say, well, wait a minute, Judaism does the same thing. I can go to the uh, different books of the Talmud. Uh, let's just go to one. Uh, and see what we can pull up. They're very similar. Uh, what's that? I'm sorry, Russell. And make a pretty good case for the similarities of the Muslim religion and the Talmudic religion. That would be shocked to see how similar they are. For example, in the Sanhedrin 69b, our rabbis taught if a woman sported Luli with her young son, a minor, you caught that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And he committed the first stage of cohabitation with her, Beth Shammai says, he thereby renders her unfit for the priesthood. Beth Hillel declares her fit. All agree that the connection of a boy nine years in a day is a real connection, while that of one less than eight years is not. Their dispute refers only to one who is eight years old. I mean, come on, people. You know, that's as disgusting as anything she'll find in Islam. So she better get her video uh, geared up and ready to go. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so, again, like I say, it does no good sending that to me as if it's some kind of a, oh, boy, look at this. Uh, Boy, she's really coming out against Islam because we are people who know these things and we understand these things. So I'm not impressed by her, and it's a waste of time. I would rather that the man sends me the thing and says, um, you know, 
I found this lady, and I found her to be right on the things that she was teaching regarding what Islam truly is, but I have sent her a video to declare unto her that her Judeo religion, specifically her Judeo aspect, at least, is uh, is contrary to uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, it, it you just... Know, you know why most people don't want to accept the fact that they're of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? And that this other bunch is just a nation of usurpers that calls themselves the chosen ones? Because there's too much for them to lose. It's they just won't accept it because they'd have to denounce so many things. It's easier just to believe the lie. Do you remember what the pastor said once about a preacher that he had told him about certain things and he goes, If I thought that in my church and run me away. Right. Uh, Jules, are you following those uh, or seeing those instructions there that Jeremiah is laying out? Just give Jeremiah a nod. I think he's... You looking at the chat, Jeremiah? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I uh, was going to send a link, but it looks like it's account-related, so you can't really send yeah, that's a link. Uh, he can just he can just give us a nod up that he's following it. But uh, so basically, you know, Russell, as I come back to Revelation again, you, you're looking at two to three centuries that Christ wanted to convey to John that he might encourage the saints to teach about this great period of persever- uh, persecution that was going to have to take place and that they needed to persevere and overcome during this, you know, period of Smyrna and the others. Um, um, I was thinking about, just in my head here, just thinking about how... um, in the Roman rule, you know, they thought of themselves as as God, as equal to God. And what we were talking about earlier about why do the people, what was the term you used, deify our president? Uh, what was the term you used? That's the term I used. That's the term you did use, yeah. Because they are deifying Donald Trump, and they're so stupid. Yeah. There's nothing there to deify. Well, you think about our whole political thing, they constantly are trying to present that they're working for the people, that they're all about the needs of the people and and uh, consistently working in our behalf. Well, Constantine, he, what he did was wielded basically a political mastery And he basically saw this situation and he says, I am going to to take this religion 
of this Christianity, or, you know, if we can even believe that's what it was being called, I believe it was being called the way back then. And I'm going to mold this right into the Roman rule, and I'm going to reach out to these people, and I'm going to offer them a bone that, hey, I agree with them. I I like the way they think. I like the way that they, you know, perceive things. And uh-huh. so, so in so doing, he was able to swing a vast number of people in that realm to perceive him as positively, uh, you know, the person that was going to change the existence and stop the persecution. And so Shazam, he did stop the persecution. Uh-huh. How, how did he do it? By melding them in with them. Uh-huh. And how did the Democrats and the Republicans slay their opponents? By molding them into it, by convincing the people that that they have what is needed and they have what is really looking after the people. And I don't care whether it's Obamacare or this care or that care or the next care. That's what they're doing, isn't it, Russell? Yep. Absolutely. And suppose that you were Constantine and you needed to convince these people. What might you use? Well, I had a vision. And my vision was a cross. Well, Shazam, said all the followers of Christ. He's seen the light. Constantine's our man. And they were sucked into the Roman system that would have died if those persecuted Christians would have kept right on being persecuted and the blood would have just continued to pour out and that empire would have just died because they could not have continued it any longer. So that's all he did, was he made out like he was a Christian. And that's when we got the Council of Nicene. So when we're in that third church there, Pergamon, Revelation 2, chapters 12 and 17, Pergamos, as I was saying there last week, was a large city generally ruled by the titled kings. And in 241 to 149 B.C., Apollos ruled. You can look at the history of the Gauls, a part of France. Um, 235 BC, they repelled the Gauls. They settled in Galatia. They were in the interior of Asia Minor. The king of Avalon came along then. Um, They increased the territory in 197 to 159 BC. 
um, with a Roman alliance with, I think it was King Avalus or Attilus. I forget which one it was now. Um, I just, I didn't write that down, I guess, in my notes here. But they, they expanded the empire, you know, with that, that alliance. And then uh-huh. they actually they actually gave him a portion of the territory as a reward for his military service. And in the city of Pergamus, a 40-foot altar was erected and dedicated to Zeus, the savior. Zeus, I should say. Not, well, Zeus, Zeus, I think they're probably used interchangeably. Uh-huh. So there's a... My point is, is that I don't really believe that we can actually look at um, the book of Revelation without looking at the history of the period and what was happening thereafter. And I've even thought about this. I've even thought about this. You think about the ten periods again is that from the time of Christ up until about, what was it, the 10th, 11th, or 12th centuries, you know, those were, you know, what, 10, 11, 12 centuries where this persecution in in some respects under divine right of kings actually continued. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I touched on this, but I also read in this uh, uh, various uh, different texts I was reading uh, from on this uh, historical part, the Babylonian priests after the fall of Babylon to meet the Persian Empire, they fled to Pergamus. Yeah, I did. I mentioned this the last time we talked. See, and, and Pergamus was this growing center of heathen worship. And so all of these Babylonian priests, just like who do we know today that migrated to the new growing economic center? Who was that? It was the Jews again, the same people who came from the Babylonian captivity and shucked off God. Remember, God said that uh, uh, Judah did worse than than Israel and went and played the harlot also, and he had a forgiving heart toward Israel but did not have that same forgiving heart toward Judah. Um, The most notable aspect of Pergamos was the shrine to the god Ecclesia, the healer, and its symbol was the serpent emblazoned upon their schools of medicine. And what symbolism do we have today upon the medical establishment? 
The Codicus. The serpent. Isn't it something when, and think about it now, Russell, that serpent of old? What is that serpent of old? These same despicable pieces of debris that disregard the creator and seek to rise up higher and to have authority over the creation other than God Almighty having the authority over his creation. It's not real hard to figure that out, is it? No, like I said, we just have short-term memory loss. We know, we know how we should be living. And I mean, we as in America. You know, think about it, Russell. What happened in America once these Jews started coming in and started to get involved in the economic pulse of the country? What what started to happen and transpire throughout the country? Banking, uh, entertainment, and um, the the whole aspect of the medical world is, and the whole aspect of the legal world. So. We had the amped up legal system, amped up medical system, amped up entertainment industry, and the slow erosion of freedom. These people are genetically group thinkers. They hate the individual. Uh, Everything's communal. Isn't isn't the truth about them is that they want to position themselves as gods? Oh, definitely. Supreme Court. Right. They, They are the ones who we look to for everything economic, just as you said, they get involved in, in the banking, Mm-hmm. And they get involved in, as you said, entertainment. Well, what comes along with entertainment? Vices of every kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They introduce them through the entertainment. Absolutely. And so now, you see, along with these vices of sexual deviation and so forth, they can provide healing for those, can't they? Uh, yeah. They're, they're amazing people. No doubt about it. So they have a medical establishment now to what? Heal the people. Mm-hmm. They are as gods. Yes, because they have benefits to offer, don't they? That's exactly right. And all of the benefits that they claim to have to offer. You can look at every one of those benefits and and what happens. There are no benefits at all, are they? They're a lie. They're a absolute fictitious 
bunch of hogwash. Well, Social Security has has I, not I was done. I'm telling my wife. They tell you now that uh, you need to go see your primary physician once a year for a checkup. Don't they? Yeah. Well, lousy be. Imagine what that does to their bottom line. Uh, the mammogram thing, it's a hoax. Ooh, I see something there. Okay, you're going to have to come see me six more times. It's like a chiropractor. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to adjust you for the next 12 years. <laughs> now, is it any wonder that the religious community says, you know, we need to heal these diseases. No, no, no wonder to me. And and you know, if you come to us, we will cast out the demons of alcoholism, and they will come. According to this video, that I there are twenty five parts to this this thing on the chemtrails. 25 parts, and I got to about part number three. We were reading one part for like 40 minutes. (laughs) My son is outing me, Russell. (laughs) I read the stupid thing. You know, it wasn't a video. Uh, There maybe was video with it, but anyhow, I wound up reading... um, You know, it's kind of like you tried to point out to people in the ministry that if you you read something that you just thought you saw or heard or whatever, it's an entirely different matter when you sometimes digest it from the written word, isn't it? Yeah. And so I was reading this stuff, and I'm like, I cannot believe if there's 25 parts to this thing, it will take me nearly an hour to read every part unless every part gets more detailed and more detailed Then I might have somewhere on the order of 25, 35 hours. And I looked at Jeremiah and I said, Jeremiah, I wonder how many people will spend hours reading this thing and reading through this thing and how it's spiritual warfare. I mean, the guy literally had or whoever it is, had the chemtrail. He's talking about how this is spiritual warfare and, and these demons are in the chemtrails. And then he literally has a photograph of a chemtrail with a bunch of demons, little black demons hanging on it, like little devil demon faces, like Pokemon faces or something. Right out of Wizard Boss, Monkey Man? <laughs> That's what it was, wasn't it, Jeremiah? Yeah, he just took some little... <laughs> there were just little pictures that of little characters that looked like demons or something just underneath the, the trail. <laughs> he just put a lot of pictures. I'm scared to death thinking about it. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't know, man. So I'm sitting here going, you know, am I going crazy here? You know, am I the guy that that doesn't get it? But uh, seriously, Russell, aren't we spending a lot more time or seeing people spend a lot more time? I said, imagine somebody spending 25 hours 
actually reading their Bible. Instead of reading through this this thing on chemtrails and how it's a spiritual warfare and demons are being dropped in the... And I come right back to that question that I said, Jeremiah. I said, these dumb little demons, they're so stupid and they're so ineffective, they just can't get us. I told you what they said about that radio host, didn't I? Which one? Uh, the one in Texas, uh, the famous one. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, you said Alex Jones, something about yeah. him. Yeah, and his attorney who's involved with his uh, divorce case said that his whole show on the radio is an act. It's a persona that he takes on while he's on the show, but that's not really him. And so don't don't confuse him with his character on the radio. So 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 in other words, he's a much better person in person, and therefore don't think that he's he's done some terrible thing toward his wife or whatever the whole right. issue. Is. I got uh-huh. you. I got you. Well, that's a good lawyer, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> don't get don't get the the actions confused with the individual. Totally separate things. Yeah, well, Doug, uh, yeah, I know it's uh, getting close to nine. I've had a I've had a challenging day, and I'm a, I'm about ready to go up there and call it a day. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, just put that in prayer then. Heavenly Father, do thank you for the blessed time you've given us. And Father, do pray that you'll help Jules get through the issue with the microphone so that he can join in and have some sound-off moments. So, Lord, we do thank you for that. We praise you and give glory to your name. Father, we pray that you give Russell good rest this evening as his day has been long and day has been full. And, Lord, we just continue to ask for you to be with us. Give us comfort and wisdom, guidance, direction. Give us peace in this madness that is all around us, Lord. Those who imagine a vain thing, there is no God. And that's essentially exactly what they do, Lord, every time. Every time they reject the truth of your word and your wisdom is they reject you and say there is no God. That's exactly what it is, Lord. And so, Lord, deal with them. Guide us, keep our eyes open to them, and be confidently aware of them. They're everywhere, Lord. The despisers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, keep us wise, keep us sharp. By all means, continue to pour your Holy Spirit upon us. We ask it in the blessed holy name of your Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that Redeemer, your Son, gave himself for us, that the whole world might know there is indeed the God of all creation, the Alpha and the Omega. Asking these things in the blessed holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ and give you thanks for him. 
Amen. 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 Good All night, right, Good night, you guys. We'll talk to you later. All right. Good night, everybody.